This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Follow Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take a seat. I say... It is the word of Landru. Join you, friends. Welcome to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show about the original Star Trek series. This is a show where we dive into the characters, concepts, cliches, and other things that don't start with C about the original series. My name is Drew, or Landru. I'm the TOS editor for the network, and with me today is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hello. Hello, Mike. We are talking from the future, kind of. Or at least technology from the future. Yeah. I guess so, in terms of... Uh, in terms of the 60s future. That That is true. That is true. We're talking in a way which would blow the minds of science fiction writers in, in the 1960s. So that that was a forced segue by me into the topic, which was uh, we're going to discuss three technologies, uh, just focusing on three technologies that, that TOS presented that inspired the future that we live in today or inspires the future that we're still pushing toward. Yeah. So the first one that we'll discuss is the 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 obvious one that everybody brings up is the flip phones from the 90s. No. <laughs> Smartphones. Well, I mean, but the flip phones that, that's that is where it kind of started, you know. And the fact that, you know, those are very similar to communicators. Now, I mean, I guess see to me like Back before cell phones were prominent, I never really considered the cell phone technology to be inspired by Star Trek because, I mean, you already had walkie-talkies, right? Right. And I really just saw communicators as being, like, super-duper walkie-talkies, you know, that had, like, a really long distance. I had I had walkie-talkies yeah. that looked like communicators. Oh, that's pretty cool. They, they had a flip-open thing, and Dad and I would talk to each other. Oh, across wow. the house. It was exciting. Yeah, I can imagine. I think a lot of the the reasons w- why people compare, you know, cell phones to communicators on Star Trek and talk about that as being an innovation inspired by Star Trek is really because they flip open. Yes. I I was really excited when I mean, I kind of miss a, a flip phone. I think I have I have a case for my phone that does flip open, but it flips the other direction. Uh-huh. Like it flips down instead of up. Yeah, that doesn't work. But it was really fun to just pop it off and flip it. And yeah. Start yelling at things. I mean, for for years and years and years, whenever it came time for me to buy a new cell phone, my number one criteria, criterion, is a criterion, right? Because it's only one. My number I, I, one criterion, because criteria would be multiple, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. So my number one criterion was that it needed to have a, it needed to be a flip phone <laughs> right yeah. i mean like i i would go into the store and be like what's your best phone and they'd be like well they, we have this thing here no 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 what's your best flip phone come on <laughs> you know all the way up to like the alias 2 or something like that i think was my last one but uh i, I it, it really upsets me that they don't have flip phones anymore they do they're just they just don't do anything 
Yeah, right, right. Like, why, where's the iPhone flip phone? And, you know, there, there are some companies which make cases that flip up, but most of them do flip open like a book, which mm-hmm. is so strange to me. It's like, how is there not a market from this? I, I actually won a case from a company that the, their specialty is making, like, hunting knives or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they make uh, stainless steel iPhone cases that flip oh, open yeah. like that. And it's like, this is amazing. You know, this is great. And and the case that I won was kind of a crappy one. And I took it off my phone because I was kind of worried about it not protecting the phone all that tremendously <laughs> well. But it's like, how this is not a thing. How is it that, you know, Star Trek as as a licensor, license, licensor? Yes. Licensee? Licensor? License, Star Trek would be the licensor. Okay. How is it that they are not selling? I mean, you can buy a freaking captain's chair for your dog, okay? <laughs> How is it that you can't buy an iPhone case that looks and functions like a communicator? That's that's something we should we should write in. Yeah, and, I'm gonna get on complain. Twitter as soon as we're done with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet um John Van Sitters and be like, "What's up, dude? Come on." <laughs> I mean, seriously, right? It is. I think we need to start a letter-writing campaign. Star Trek fans are good at that. Let's start this. Standard Orbit. Tweet um, John Van Sitters, I think that's the dude's name, and be like, hey, where's my iPhone flip phone case thing? Yeah, and also copy QMX online and ThinkGeek. Right, exactly. I mean, ThinkGeek was carrying this this case that had like the uh, the, the stainless steel one, and I'm ninety nine point nine percent positive that the reason why they were doing that was because it mimicked the operation of of the original series communicator. It'd be great if the iPhone had like the iPads do with the magnetic closure kind of thing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, because it'd be really cool to like flip open the smart cover. And, and, you know, your iPad comes on. It'd be really cool if you had one that you could flip open your, your iPhone and the iPhone would come on. Yeah. And they do have the app, which is fine, I guess. Have you seen this app? Yeah. Where it looks like a communicator thing and you flip it open and it makes the noise and then it goes to yeah. the other screen. And I think my dad has that app. My dad has a lot of novelty apps. Like that. <laughs> yeah. And that's cool. But it's not the same. It's not the same. No, it's not. I tried so hard to find a flip phone a flip case for for my phone and it just doesn't exist maybe we'll have to have somebody make one yes if you can make one let us know yeah so tos inspired the future beyond being able to flip open your communication device in that uh well the thing with the tos communicators like you're absolutely right they are more walkie talkies than than they are the smartphones that we have today but but i do feel that the the idea for the flip phone and all that kind of thing did did come from TOS, but it it's more like our phones are more tricorders than than anything else. Yeah. They they tie into the ship's computer or the internet, and you know they let you know the weather in a particular location, whether or not it's habitable. And they are like multifunctional devices. You know, I mean, the point of a tricorder, I think, was to be like, here's one thing which will do everything. It'll scan stuff. It'll, you can look stuff up, you know, all that. You can play back video. Mm-hmm. 
You've got your little Bluetooth device, which you can use to scan and, and then, you know, read on the, the tricorder itself, you know, all that stuff. And that really is what phones do now. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, even even from a, a medical standpoint, I mean, you know, I mean, you're wearing a, a Fitbit on your wrist right now, right? Mm-hmm. And that, like, monitors stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got the... the Google watch things that like monitor your heart rate and all that, all that good stuff. That's true. I even saw a, a Kickstarter for a case, which is being developed now. It's an iPhone case and you like hold it in like a weird way, kind of like a Game Boy or something like that. Mm. And by doing so, it's able to take all sorts of medical readings from your, from yourself. Like it takes your blood pressure it takes your heart rate, you know, stress levels, like all this stuff. And then that's it gives weird. you like a, I mean, it's crazy. And that's, well, I mean, the I Galaxy S5 has that built in, the the heart rate monitor. Yeah, the heart rate monitor. Yeah. And that's nuts. For reasons. I, mean, I don't understand why you would need one, why everyone would need one built into their phone. You'd think they could save themselves some money and put it on a case or something. Yeah. Well, there's probably a lot of people who are like, what? A heart rate monitor on a phone? I need to buy that. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, if Apple does that, I'd be like, it's the greatest invention ever. <laughs> like if the Touch ID thing, you know, also did your heart rate and stuff while it was unlocking your phone. Mm -hmm. You're stressed out. You should calm down. Whoa. Don't tell me. Don't tell me to live my life, Siri. <laughs> well, even Siri. I mean, hey. Yeah. I, I love the fact that... Uh, when Google was developing their version of Siri, I think it was Google, right? They codenamed it Majel. Yeah. That's awesome. Google codenamed theirs Majel, and Microsoft ended up actually calling theirs Cortana after Halo, which is also pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Siri, not nearly as cool. It's too bad that this te technology wasn't developed like maybe a decade earlier, and you could get Majel Barrett to be the voice of Siri. Oh, God. I dream about that every day. <laughs> or just a good impersonator. You know, they've got all the impersonation. Uh, you know, Tom Tom. you can buy all the voices, and there's some pretty good impersonations on there. But, you know, I want somebody who can do the computer voice. Yeah. yeah. The fact that this is not a thing that everybody's been trying to do upsets me. Who did the who did the voice of the Bajoran computer in Deep Space Nine? That person never gets any credit. I'm not sure. Maybe we could get her to come back and Yeah. Well there we go. We'll look into that. Yeah. So add on heart rate monitors and so forth uh, are all well and good, but there's actually uh XPRIZE, which is a, a company. They partnered with Qualcomm, who makes cell phones or components for cell phones. They have the Qualcomm Tricorder X Prize Contest, which it's actually called Tricorder. And what they're doing, inspired by, by Star Trek, is they have a $10 million global competition to stimulate innovation and integration of precision diagnostic technologies, helping consumers make their own reliable health diagnoses anywhere, anytime. So they've got teams of people competing to create a handheld it can't be more than five pounds, I read, which is really heavy for a handheld. But the idea is to have something that, that you can use at home or that untrained people can use out on the field to diagnose people with 
diseases and, and symptoms and things like that. How, how heavy was the original series tricorder? In universe or? Yeah, I mean, either way. Yeah. I'm not sure. They never really held them with one hand. Mm-hmm. And they had to have them on straps. Well, they might have been three pounds or so. Yeah. So five pounds is pretty heavy. I mean, that's heavier than most of our laptops. Mm-hmm. It's 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 kind of a crazy uh, idea, you know. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I guess since the prize money is like ten million dollars, that is rather ambitious, you know. I mean, you're not going to get a lot of uh, amateurs, and and I, it, this seems like the the type of. I mean, it's saying that like, oh, this is something which can you know diagnose like all these things. It's like, that's kind of scary. It's like, well, don't you kind of need like a professional to do that? You know, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I guess the fact that the prize money is $10 million suggests that whoever is doing this is going to be someone who is probably a professional in the medical industry to begin with. You yeah, because they're going to have to front the money themselves to yeah. develop it. It's not like they're going to be unveiling this thing at, at Vegas in, in August or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's it's years down the road, right? It's got to be. Well, I mean, they started the competition in 2010 or so. Oh, really? Oh, so, I mean, it's been, going, it's been going for a while. So why did it just uh, come up now all of a sudden? I'm sure it had something to do with licensing. Oh, okay. Like, uh, right. I, I think that only recently they got to use, like, the tricorder name. Okay. Like it's one of those things. Like it's not a tricorder. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's interesting. The idea is the device will be a tool capable of capturing key health metrics and diagnosing a set of fifteen diseases. Metrics for health could include such elements as blood pressure, respiratory rate, and temperature. Ultimately, this co- tool will collect large volumes of data from ongoing measurements of health states through a combination of wireless sensors, imaging technologies and portable non-invasive laboratory replacements. And so, I mean, there's not really any restrictions, so, uh, you know, some teams will be making it look like a tricorder, maybe, and some people just be trying to make it work. And <laughs> it's it's an interesting idea. I, I like the idea. I like that apparently CBS uh, is allowing them, used under license, it says at the bottom. CBS is now encouraging people to make technology, based off of Star Trek, in, instead of just letting it inspire people, but encouraging it to inspire people. And, and that's a really neat idea for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does seem like uh, it would be good publicity for them. You know, I mean, for sure, there's no real downside to this. It's like, this would allow CBS to say, like, look, it actually is true, for real. This is a technology which was inspired by what they were doing on Star Trek back in the 60s. And uh, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, the fact that it's not just like, hey, look at this thing, which is similar to that thing that they thought of back then. But, you know, this is someone saying, like, that thing that they had on that show was really, really cool. And we think that that should actually exist in reality. And here's a contest to try to make it exist. That's yeah. cool. That's cool, for sure. Well, the the last technology that we'll discuss today is what we're using right now ship ship visual communications yeah which i mean i don't know was was star trek the first people to to come up with this idea oh i'm sure not i'm yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure flash gordon had the same kind of of technology because it's certainly easier to show 
two people on screen at the same time talking to each other than it is to be like, I'm talking to this this walkie-talkie, and so are you. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting idea. Like, the thing that always kind of surprised me was how um, downplayed it was, I guess, in terms of, like, when this technology would be available in the original series. The fact that with the the Romulan War, you know, they were like, oh, we weren't capable of this technology yet. It's like, right. how, how, I mean, and I can totally see that being, you know, like one writer's take on it and everything, but it's just like, really? That seems, uh, seems a little unambitious right. for you guys, you know, because they were really close even back then. I mean, they had television, like the show is being broadcast on television. I mean, people could see someone from another part of the world live in their living room. So in order for that to become like a two-way thing, seems like a pretty easy step. Yeah, you, know? you just add like a telephone to it and yeah. And then you've got your your ship to ship. I mean, and like I said before, uh, when we were talking about Romulans, maybe it's maybe it's something to do with like they couldn't establish visual connections because they were using different different technologies. Yeah. But like maybe I, the Romulan ships didn't have cameras built into their bridges because who cares? Yeah, and I mean that's a that's a good you know retcon explanation and everything like that. But I think the the idea when they were writing that episode was like this technology didn't exist, you know. Yeah, which is weird to me because it seems like such an obvious choice. And yeah, we are doing it right now. I'm looking at you. Yes, it's weird. Kind of weird. Yes. <laughs> You're not. You're, you don't have any pointy ears, though. So I guess you're not Romulan. So, well, I mean, I've got these headphones on. You can't really tell. That's true. That's true. You could have ridges on your forehead, and I would never know because you're always wearing a hat. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I just assume you're in Chicago. I just. <laughs> well, I did meet you in Chicago. You may have beamed down from your alien planet. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what happened. Because there's no parking in the city. Oh yeah. So I had to couldn't there's no real big park like golden gate park there is but uh, i don't have cloaking technology oh that makes sense yeah cloaking technology there's i mean there's a lot of technology that that we're still working on besides like the tricorder people are still trying to build cloaking technology you know we've got things that are invisible to radar and we're working we're trying to do things that are invisible to the naked eye and there's there's a lot of technology from TOS that, that we're still striving toward. There there's a lot of little things where it's like this stuff existed before I was aware of, you know, anything or, or before I existed, but maybe after the original series where it's like, really? That's that's innovative, but like the idea of um doors that open automatically, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I guess that was, I mean, I've heard that was inspired by the original series. And that makes sense. You know, even just like little things like that. It's wow, pretty crazy when you think about it. I mean, obviously there's like the pads from later seasons. I mean, but well, cartridges, you know, floppy disks. Mm-hmm. Very similar to cartridges from the original series. That one just kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Right. Some kind of mobile way to transfer things without... I mean, look how look how far we've come from there already. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I need to send you data, I don't, you know, put it on a disk and mail it to you. You know, I send it through the interwebs. 
And I think that's like sort of like where where the um sort of like disconnect comes from. You know, I mean, Star Trek was predicting that we would be much further advanced in terms of uh, space exploration at this point. I think, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because what there's no space exploration going on right now anyway. This, this right. is true. And and I think you know in the '60s it's like yeah everyone's pushing for the moon and everything like that. And, you know, there's obviously been a shift in our society towards, like, telecommunication and information technology and, and that kind of thing. So that's, like, way more advanced than anything that the original series predicted. But other things like space travel are, we're, we're a bit behind on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure that, I think Stephen Hawking still says that he's got a, you know, still trying to figure out warp how to warp space and time and stuff to go faster than light and yeah well you should get on that he should yeah because it'd be really cool to just go to mars in a couple minutes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i suppose these people volunteering for a you know eight year long one-way trip or however long yeah transporting technology would be nice yeah that i hope people are working on i want to <laughs> see that i want to see that in the next 10 years yeah that'd be good because, I mean, we'd stop complaining about where are flying cars if, you know, we didn't need cars. Yeah. Your morning commute is, you know, 15 seconds. People could literally live wherever they wanted to and work wherever they wanted to on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. We could record all of all of Trek FM shows live together. Yeah. In the studio. That'd be cool. That would be really neat. But alas, we're not there yet. Maybe they should offer 10 million dollars for that instead of this tricorder thing yeah yeah scrambling people's atoms i'm sure are a lot more well the technology <laughs> would be a lot more expensive than that maybe Perhaps. if we build solar roadways first yeah yeah that'd be good because <laughs> that's a thing now well it was fun talking about technology today but that's just one of the trek topics we've been talking about on trek fm this week Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. I mean, like, like it's, it's been talked about, you know, by Shatner that he's like, oh, I wanted to have the Enterprise find God or something like that. Well, how does that work? Yeah, well, right. You know, and it's like, well, it doesn't work the way you're doing it in this movie. Earl Grey. What if it was like a geeky tween boy? Data, Data, where are you? They're just like, shut that off. <laughs> Mr. Data, I've got a problem. The Ready Room. When they finally do get rid of Decker, it's on Kirk's personal authority as captain of the Enterprise. And like, it seems to me if you're, say, a captain in the U.S. Navy and an admiral takes command of your ship, you can't just like get rid of him because of your personal authority as captain of the ship. The Orb. And again, it's, it's something as, you know, as we said before, the system is not set up to allow him to express that idea in any other way, but by the spectacle of this trial, which would presumably be impossible to hide, it is a way for him to express this alternate viewpoint that maybe the, the morality of his society is, uh, is under threat. To the journey! We are here to talk to you about a very heavy-handed topic. This is kind of a dark area for us. No, I'm just kidding. We're talking about death and Voyager. Commentary, Trek stars. When they fall out the pod people, and they say, why, what year is it? And Data says, why, it's the Earth year 2364. I fell off my chair 47 <laughs> times. It's like, they just put the, oh, my, okay, okay. Warp 5. 
Archer doesn't close himself off to any possibility. He takes the evidence and comes to the best choice that he can. And that's not always easy for anyone, but that's the kind of person that Degra is too. Melodic tricks. In fact, it had two versions of the theme, one which ran from seasons one to three and one which ran from season four onwards. Now, some people prefer the first music with the poignancy of the lone trumpet, others prefer the second incarnation. Continuing mission. If we were to sort of able to rewrite the canon, the uniforms we've got, they were the uniforms in the middle of Enterprise and TOS. But because they were designed during a time when peace wasn't as prosperous as it is in the original series, the uniforms did have a bit more of a militaristic look to them. Literary tricks. You know what I love about comics, though, sometimes, is what happened here in this panel with Beverly and Troy. Clearly, Troy's stunt double wandered into the scene. I was going to say, is that Troy? (laughs) (laughs) And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. If you'd like to contact us, share your thoughts on today's show, on technology and where it's going, just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show and choose Standard Orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail from your webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and our other listeners in our forums at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you out of orbit? Uh, you can find me right here on Trek FM doing commentary Trek Stars. And you can also find me on uh, commentarytrackstars.com where I do commentary Trek Stars off topic. And you can find me on Twitter at mumbles3k. And you can find me on Twitter at 005, D O U B L E O F I V E. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps us bring Standard Orbit to you each week. And the sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible's a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, what do you have for everyone? Well, I've got a book here on Audible, which is called The Physics of Star Trek. It was written by Lawrence M. Krauss and narrated by Larry McKeever. It's six hours and 31 minutes long. And they say, what actually happens when the words, beam me up, Scotty, are uttered? What warps when something travels at warp speed? Internationally renowned theoretical physicist and educator Lawrence M. Krauss provides matter-of-fact scientific expertise explanations of the physics of Star Trek in this highly creative and informative guide for both the devoted Trekkie and the physics novice. And, you know, this book on Audible, it's normally $45.27. Wow. But since you listen to Trek FM, you can get it for free. That's great. That's And yeah, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. 
Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can help us keep Standard Orbit in orbit, and that's by donating directly to the website. If you go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Tobu Ushi, who does most of the artwork you see on our website. They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which you would like in which format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. So remember, everybody, we're going to do a letter-writing campaign to Star Trek licensing. Yes. That we need we need TOS communicator flip phones. Yeah. This seems like a completely doable goal. This actually seems much more doable than a tricorder in the real world that can diagnose diseases, you know? And yes. it, and it won't cost anyone 10 million dollars. Well, like Matt F- Michael Fisher has a has a Bluetooth communicator. Uh-huh. That that he had that you can get custom made. They take a the toy mm-hmm. and they replace the toy's internals with Bluetooth stuff. And then you can actually like sync it to your phone and use it. That's close. Yes. But you know, I mean come on. And ten million dollars? Like CBS is gonna make ten million dollars off of this idea. You know oh, how yeah. many Trekkies out there have iPhones? Come on. <laughs> That's right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landry. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit. Ahead, walk factor one. Hi, sir.